Good morning, Faith Church. How are you? Doing good? Enjoying Labor Day weekend? That means a lot of you get to sleep in tomorrow. That's a good thing, right? There's like five of you excited about that. We want to welcome you to Faith Church. Welcome all of you watching in Lawrenceburg at our campus there in Tennessee. We love you guys. It is good to be with you today and to uh, be part of this series. What an amazing last four weeks it has been here at Faith Church with the I Am series. I, I know you agree with me that our pastor just keeps getting better and better and better and better, right? I, I have so enjoyed this series and uh, ha have just gone back to my notes again and again. We need to be note takers because he just gives us so much good stuff that it kind of feeds us even during the week if you go back after it. So I encourage you. But I've been looking at my notes and the, the I am's, we're looking at the, the statements Jesus made in the Gospel of John about himself. He said, I am, and Pastor covered, I am the gate. I am the light of the world. And then last week, I am the vine. I'll tell you, I have just been enjoying that even this week. And today, just having the opportunity to bring closure to this series before our fall launch begins next week, I am excited because this is a, a message that I just love, this story that we find in Scripture. And today, we're talking about I am the resurrection and the life. Yes, you got to get excited about that. We're going to be looking at the story of Lazarus, and hopefully you can see it through some fresh eyes today as we begin to study it. But if you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 11, and we're going to just stay right there in John 11 this morning and, and look at a number of verses together as we begin to experience Jesus, the resurrection and the life. Now, it begins in verse 1 saying, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. They don't have to say Lazarus is sick because this is Jesus' dear friend. And he knows who they're talking about. He receives this message. And I don't know if it was like Camel Express. I don't know how the message got to him. But a message gets to Jesus. And he reads it and he says, my dear friend is sick. And you know what? When you're sick, nobody has to tell him your name either. Did you know that? You're a dear friend of the Lord. If you're not yet, you should be. And you can be today. All right? But a dear friend is sick. And so, and remember, if you know, if you think about this story, Mary and Martha, Jesus previously visited their home. And Martha kind of got her apron in a knot. She got a little uptight. She got a little frustrated with her sister Mary. Because Martha was doing everything. She was cleaning the house. She was cooking the lunch. She was setting the table. And Mary was just sitting there at Jesus' feet listening. The audacity. <laughs> Martha wanted Mary on a serve team. <laughs> I 
You know? It's like, you got to get and grow you, girl. You need to get going. We need some work done around here. And I'll tell you something. We do want you to serve here, but we want you more than anything to know Jesus personally and worship him. To know him face to face. And Jesus told that to Martha. He said, what you're doing isn't bad, but I'm not here forever, so let her alone. And so Jesus, this is Mary and Martha. So Jesus hears the story, all right? And it says, and it goes on here, but when Jesus heard the story about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Verse 7, finally he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. So finally, two more days go. His friend is very sick. When you get an urgent message like this, what Mary and Martha were really saying is, come now. They just didn't say come now, but they said, the one you love is very sick. You need to hustle. You need to get over here. And Jesus says, let's wait a couple more days. I'm not worried. This is going to bring glory to God. And I think the disciples, they were good with waiting. Because the last time Jesus was in Judea, they tried to stone Jesus to death. All right? And Jesus just narrowly escaped as it's written I don't think it's really that narrow of an escape because it's Jesus, right? It's like sometimes Jesus just disappears in a crowd. They're throwing rocks, and they're like, where'd he go? <laughs> but Jesus escaped. So, but the disciples, they're kind of like going, well, I don't know if I want to go back. And, you know, Judas says something like, yeah, well, let's just go back to be killed. But he's going back. So he's going to go back. And by this time, Lazarus is dead. In fact, Lazarus probably died soon after Jesus received this note because the scriptures say that he had been dead four days by the time Jesus gets there and we're told he was two days away. So Jesus gets there and word gets to Mary and Martha. First to Martha. Jesus is coming. They've seen him off in the distance and he's approaching Judea and Bethany where they live. And their house is filled with mourners and, and everyone's grieving. And so Martha gets up, Martha style. And it's like, I'm going to go out there and have a chat with Jesus. You know, she's on her way to meet Jesus. She's not waiting for Jesus to get to the house. There's no pot roast this time. All right? And something very interesting, if you notice this in Scripture, happens. Martha is going to speak to Jesus and say one line. And a little bit later, Mary's going to speak to Jesus and say the exact same line, word for word. But they get two different results from saying the very same thing. So look at this with me. What is the line? Verse 21 and verse 32 record this. Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. So Martha, annoyed, perhaps, frustrated. Have you ever been frustrated with God? Look at all of your halos. Ding! Not me. <laughs> I've been frustrated with God. I felt like Martha. Sometimes we, we don't want to identify. I've been frustrated before. I've thought, you're a little late, Jesus. Here's what you need to do. Here's how it would have been better for you. 
and, and, I, and I have to grow in that. But that's kind of where Martha is. And remember, it says the Lord loves them. This isn't a grief. This isn't, you know, an enemy here. But Martha, annoyed, walks out there quickly. Maybe even one finger up. You know? Jesus, if you had been here, mm, if you had just showed up on time, mm, 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 my brother would not be dead. How about that, Jesus? You know? Drop it. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Woo! Your brother will rise again. That's good talk. Maybe you've heard that at a funeral. That's what she's thinking. That's her hearing. Yes, Martha says, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? And she said, yes, Lord. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. See, she has faith. She believes he's the Messiah. She is hearing in her ears a eulogy. She's hearing a, a very profound statement that she happens to agree with. A little over a year ago, my mother passed away at a younger age. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that when she took her last breath on earth, she took her first breath in the glory of God and she saw Jesus face to face. I have no doubt about that because she knew Jesus, the resurrection and the life. So when I spoke at her funeral, I made similar statements to that effect. That mom's earth suit was all we were seeing, but she was wearing the glory of God that day. I believe that. And so Jesus speaks those words to Martha. And she said, that's good theology. That's good. Because Martha's a good person, and she loves Jesus. But it's easy for us to, for when we believe in Jesus, to expect Jesus to do what we say, and to think what we think, and to do it exactly the way we want him to do it. Not his way, our way. But I can tell you this, you can have it your way, or you can have it Yahweh. And I prefer Yahweh. I prefer to let Jesus be Jesus and not interfere on timing and, and how he wants to do it or what he wants to do. Because Jesus has a plan for every one of you today. Jesus has a miracle for every one of you, and Jesus has life for every one of you. He doesn't desire any of you to have that death that we speak of here. So now Martha comes back in the house and says, Jesus is coming the resurrection and the life is coming. And Mary goes, I'm going to go see him. I'm going to go see him. And Mary slips out. And the mourners are following her because they think she's running to the tomb. But she's not running to death. She's life. And she's taking people with her. Don't you love that? 
And she comes and she falls at Jesus' feet. And she says the exact same thing. Oh, Jesus. If you had been here, my brother would still be alive. There's so much anointing in you. There's so much power in you. There's so much life in you. I even worship you at the grieving moment of my life, knowing who you are and what you're capable of. And Jesus says, where have they put him? Where have they put him? Now he's frustrated. He sees the mourners. He begins to get angry. Even that Jesus wept statement is made. And you can read that. But he says, where have they put him? Where is he? And you could say, what's the big deal? They say the exact same thing. Well, I'll tell you something. When I was in Bible college at seminary, I learned that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. But when I walked into Akron Children's Hospital and I saw my little daughter, Courtney, raised from death to life, I knew the difference. I can know theology, but I want a miracle. When I stood in Peru and watched a young lady named Yolanda covered with death, raised from the dead and walking down the street again, I understand that there is a resurrection in life that is more than just theology, more than just good preaching. It is reality. And that's what Jesus is. I am the resurrection in the life, Martha. I am the resurrection in the life, Mary. And soon I am the resurrection in life, Lazarus. Jesus is on the scene. What is he doing in our communities? What is he doing in our home? He wants us to be more than smart Christians. He wants us to have more than highlighted Bibles. He wants us to have highlighted lives. That the world would look at our lives and go, something radical happened in them. Something changed in their home. Something changed in their marriage. Something changed in their work. Something changed in their school. The resurrection and the life showed up. Martha got a theology lesson. Mary got a miracle. Which do you want? Which do you want? Which do you desperately need? Do you want to go around telling everyone Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Or do you want to see Jesus raise some people back to life? Hmm? You got somebody that doesn't know Jesus this morning, might be at your backyard tomorrow, might be grilling with you this afternoon, might be somebody you're working with this week, someone you're in class with, somebody that needs the resurrection and the life more than an understanding that Jesus is life, but that Jesus brings life. When you experience him, eternity begins that moment. That's so powerful. See, I believe the Lazarus story can become the story of this generation. I believe it. And here's why. When you look at this story, we see a few things that are obvious. Today's generation is dead. Call it what it is. Jesus said, he said it told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He is dead. You know, so many times we want to categorize everyone's struggle Oh, that person's messed up. That person's got some areas that need to be changed. That person's got some problems. Maybe that's how you talk about yourself. Well, I'm not perfect. Well, Jesus is. Invite them in. 
but we make excuses and we treat death like it's not death. Jesus knew what was going on before he arrived at the scene. Jesus, when he spoke to his disciples and he said, this is for God's glory, in verse 14, he's not even there yet, but he says, Lazarus is dead, we're still going back. We're still going. Our generation isn't sick, it's dead. I remember that movie, Sixth Sense, and I began to hear that whisper every school I'd walk into, every community, I see dead people. I see dead people. I see dead people. But these weren't ghosts. They were humans. They were friends. They were students. And God began to grieve my heart that our solution is life, not programs, not songs, not even sermons. The solution that this world needs is Jesus, the resurrection and the life. He can raise anyone. Some of you know this. You were the worst of sinners and Christ saved you. And if Christ saved you, he can save anybody. Can I get an amen in this place? Come on. If you truly experience Jesus, you look at it going, that was death. This is life. And there is no difference. I mean, there is no comparison. There's no comparison. Stop being afraid of dead people. I don't want to be around them. I don't want to go near them. Sinful people scare me. I'll tell you this, death fears life. Satan has just raised up this whole fear factor and makes us afraid to even share the good news. Because of what? They'll laugh at you. They won't accept you. They won't tell their dirty jokes to you anymore. You won't get the promotion you think you need rather than the promotion that only he can bring. Come on, we don't compromise when it comes to our faith. And we've got to stop fearing the death. Stop fearing the sinful people. I don't know what I'd say to them. Let Jesus speak through your life. Let him speak, speak through your smile. By the end of this story, Lazarus is alive, and we don't have any record of him saying anything, but we know everyone's talking about it, and people want to kill him for it. Again. <laughs> you see, the, today's generation's dead. Disobedience, disobedience brings death to us all. And Jesus wept for it. He hates death. He hates disobedience. He hates that he had to step out of heaven to save us. But his love is greater than his hate for sin and his hate for death. His love for you says, I still step out of heaven and I die on the cross so that I will be resurrected and have life so that you can have eternal life. See, you got to hate it enough to do something about it. The resurrection and life stepped out of heaven to destroy death. Today's generation's dead, but not hopeless. Today's generation is decayed. Jesus was still angry and he arrived at the tomb and came, a cave with a stone rolled across the entrance. And Jesus said, roll the stone aside. But Martha, here comes Martha. <laughs> Can you just see her? She's just starting to get all agitated again. The dead man's sister protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. <laughs> like Jesus just wants to go in and smell death, right? 
But he lets us do something. We get to roll the stone. We get to roll the stone. Jesus could have just said, stone, go. But he lets us roll the stone of fear and doubt and apathy and anger and disbelief. You have a role in this. You can't raise anyone from the dead, but you can roll stones out of their way so that they can hear the voice of Jesus. He lets us in on the miracle, and I'm so thankful because I've spent the last 30 years rolling stones for the Savior. Mm. Mick Jagger knows nothing about it either. Man. So it's decayed. Martha's like, let me at least get some Lysol. Let me get some Febreze. You know, somebody from this generation is running with the whole thing of essential oils. <laughs> we got this one. We got the thieves one. We, we, we got them all. We'll just make it all small. How about some peppermint for Lazarus? Because <laughs> Martha's like, no, Lord. My brother is ripe. Don't go. Don't go in there. <laughs> well, you see, in the Gospels, we find three resurrections by Jesus. I'm sure that he did far more than that. John says there's so many more miracles that there aren't enough books to hold them. But in Luke 8, Jairus' daughter had just died, and Jesus raised her from the dead. In Luke 7, the widow's son had been dead several hours. Jesus raised him from the dead. Lazarus here had been dead for four days. Jesus raised him from the dead. Here's what I want you to tell you about. All three of these have one thing in common. Dead. All right? Because I want you to get this because it's important. Only Lazarus do they talk about smell bad. And sometimes that's what we think. Our death don't smell that bad. I know some people that are really dead. You know, that guy's life stinks. Woo, he's right. He is horrible. That person does all of these things. That person's an addict. That person beats his family. That person hurts. And so somehow we're like, so my death doesn't smell that bad. Brother, sister, death stinks. Whether it's in your nostrils, yet it's in the nostrils of God. Jesus didn't come to the earth just to kind of preach theology lessons. He came to raise the dead to life. And that is every testimony of every believer in this place. Whether we want to say my life really stunk, my life really was rancid, or my life wasn't that bad. I'm telling you this. You can't make it to heaven without Jesus. Without the resurrection and the life, no matter how good or bad, how matter awful you smell or how good you think you smell. Which, you don't smell that good. Don't you always like kind of get suspicious when you get around somebody who has too much cologne on? Too much perfume, you're like, they're hiding something. <laughs> right? You're just like, they're overcompensating for something. You know, to be standing at your mirror going, shh, 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 shh. I'm not enough. Shh, 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 shh. You know, whatever it is, I kind of wonder, it's like, yeah, that person, they need Jesus hardcore. They need Jesus right now. See, sometimes we put off dealing with it because we don't smell it yet. What are you waiting for? Oh, let's wait for them to hit rock bottom. Let's wait for their life to really smell. No, see, when I read in the Gospels, Jesus didn't care if they'd been dead a minute or dead an hour or dead four days. When he shows up, he wants to raise them right then. 
If he showed up in your life right now, don't compare it to somebody else. Don't decide it's not as bad as it could be or not as bad as it used to be. Decide that Jesus right now can be the resurrection and the life inside of you. And anyone else you know, that's what makes it so exciting. You see, sin is death. Death is decay. And decay stinks. My life before Jesus stunk. And I'm not the only one. You know, without Jesus, life stinks. And if you haven't figured that out yet, wow, you need to discover who Jesus really is. Because there is a huge contrast between living for this world and living for Jesus. And it is awesome when you get to that side. So the resurrection and the life, without him, I'm dead and I stink. Do you believe that? Come on, do you believe that? Without him, I'm dead and I stink. The wages of sin is? Yes, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, who happens to be the resurrection and the life. The wages of sin, one sin, a hundred sins, a thousand sins, no matter what sin, is death. And it stinks. And it is decaying every day. But the gift of God is eternal life through the resurrection and the life, Jesus Christ. See, I believe today's generation can be delivered. Yeah? Do you believe it? There's no one too far gone. Some of you wouldn't be here if that was the case, right? Look what it says. So they rolled the stone aside, and Jesus looked up to heaven and says his funniest prayer in the Bible. I think. Because Jesus is doing one of those prayers for everyone else. Jesus already knows he's got the authority to raise the dead. But he's going to talk to God for us. Us Pharisees. Us Sadducees, because you're sad, you see. <laughs> he says, Father, thank you for hearing me. <laughs> but you always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here, so that they will believe you sent me. He says, Lord, you always hear me. And you know what? When you're kneeling beside your bed... He hears you. When you're whispering a prayer in your car, under your breath, you pray in the spirit at work, he hears you. When you're walking down the street, you're walking into a hard place, he hears you. He hears you. He always hears you. He hears you. Get caught praying sometime. People are like, were you just talking to yourself? No, I was praying for you. Talk to yourself. <laughs> Go back to talking to yourself. Because they're not going to find out what were you praying. Well, that you would stop smelling so bad. Because your sin is right, brother. Right? They'll let, they'd prefer you to talk to yourself. But then Jesus looked into the darkness. He looked into death. He looked into stench. He looked into it. And now insert your name. You take a note of your Bible. Circle Glazareth and then put your name above it. And he spoke into everything sinful about your life and about your past. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. Come out. Come here. 
anybody can roll a stone. Jesus can raise the dead. Let's just keep rolling stones so that Jesus will keep raising dead. You know, let's be that person in our school, in our workplace that makes a way for a miracle, that gets to be part of what Jesus is doing. This generation can be delivered. Let's take Jesus to where death is. Let's take Jesus to where the decay is. And let's roll some stones so they can hear the voice of Jesus saying, come out, come out. Roll that stone of fear and doubt, compromise, religion. Roll them all. Why was he delivered? Why did God, Jesus save Lazarus? Because Jesus loved him and because it glorified God. And that's what he said at the very beginning. Why did Jesus save you? Because he loves you. He knows everything about you, everything that stinks about your life, everything about your past, everything that, every compromise, every sin, every hidden thing in your life. He knows what you're looking at on the computer. He knows what you've thought about. He knows where you have cheated. He knows everything about you. And he still loves you and is calling you out of that so that he can bring glory to God. Because when a sinner steps out of death and darkness into his glorious light, the resurrection and the light, when he steps out of that, you begin to see power coming. People begin to notice the talk of the town becomes that person is totally different. Jesus must be real because that person was bad. Some of you, that's what they say about you. It brings glory to God. Let the light of the world, the resurrection and the life come into your situation. You see, the gate opens. The gate opens. And now fruit can be produced because the vine is here. He is Jesus. Oh, I love this. See, if your life doesn't glorify God, you're probably not alive. And I'm not saying that as judgment. I'm just reading scripture here. Your life was saved to bring glory to God. Glory to God. As a light, as a witness. Not perfection. Only Jesus is perfect. But we're striving towards it. There's a mark that we aim for now and we press towards. And it's Jesus See, today's generation can be delivered and it can be fresh and alive. I just think the Holy Spirit wants to just spray some Holy Spirit Febreze in this room today. And all that funkiness of us, of all those justifiable sin that we think doesn't smell. Well, you don't know the situation. I don't need to. Sin, compromise, arrogance, apathy, they all smell. But he can set us free. It says here, and the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth, and Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. You imagine that scene. Here he comes. 
And they take off the head clothes. And Lazarus says, Jesus. That's what heaven's going to be like. We're going to see Jesus come into focus. But Lazarus, he'd like already been hanging out <laughs> in glory. He's like, whoa, Jesus. And then he's like, Martha? <laughs> I'm not in heaven anymore. <laughs> but he comes forth and Jesus says, unwrap them. And they begin, they begin to pull. And I, this is my interpretation. You know, and it's coming. His arms. Oh, okay, now he's got the arm. Gets about here. He goes, ah, that's good. I'm just going to hop over to the house. He gets over there. Martha's already ironing his new dress. You know, like, she's like not wasting any time. He's like. Rejoice in Hebrew means to jump up and spin about wildly. That's what worship should look like on Sunday mornings here, people. Well, for the young people down front. No, for the old people in the back. If you got a pulse, you got a purpose. Let's get that heart rate up. <laughs> I'm thankful. My heart rate's just been going up and up and up. I started working out with a personal trainer named Steve Husky. He, he, we work out just like he pastors, and he just leads, he leads, and, you know, you know, I mean, you can see, I, brother needs it, he's taking care of me. We all need it. We need to get our heart rate up. We need to begin to rejoice in the Lord. You know, the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, <laughs> well, actually, it's again I say rejoice. It's an old song. <laughs> Jesus likes to clothe us in righteousness. It says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Someone truly free should never cover themselves in their old clothes again. You imagine him coming out and just going, I'm just going to wear my grave clothes. They're linen and they feel comfy. No. Jesus said, get those clothes off of them. See, you don't get to meet Jesus be baptized in water and then put back on your old grave clothes and go hang out in your old sin with your old friends doing the same old thing you did before because for very long you'll be back to decaying again. But God sets you free and he wants you to be fresh. You got to get all that old stuff off of you. All of it. Once you get saved, in, in the words of pop culture theologian Taylor Swift, Shake it off. Get your fresh on. Somebody say, get your fresh on. No, no, no. Come on, second service. Get your fresh on. No, don't tell me. Tell the person next to you. They're the ones ripe. Come on. Say, get your fresh on. You need to do that every day when you're standing at the mirror. And then grab that toothbrush, grab that toothpaste, brush your teeth, round and round, circle small, gums and all. Because don't even bother telling somebody about Jesus if you're not operating in proper oral hygiene. But I'm telling you, we should be a generation that is fresh. Let me wrap this up if I can. You see, you look back on these three, and we see Martha... She worked for God. And Mary, she worshiped God. But Lazarus 
walked with God. He was the friend of God. He walked out of death, walked down from the tomb with Jesus. Word is now spreading. The Pharisees are going, now we got to kill Lazarus too. Got to kill him. We're trying to stone Jesus. Now we got to kill Lazarus. Why? Because he came back to life. He's glorifying God. The world will notice when you come to life in Jesus Christ. I'll tell you that. People don't always understand. You give your life to Jesus, it is hard. You go home and your friends make fun of you. People go, ooh, are you a Christian now? You go over to faith church, you've been rolling on the carpet. Been watching movies all summer. This ain't about faith church. It's about faith. It's about the resurrection and the life that now lives in me. And it is showing. Life shows. People can see Lazarus. He's walking with Jesus. And Lazarus' testimony is my testimony. It is your testimony. And I want you to say it with me today. If I can give you any gift, it is this testimony that you can begin to say it everywhere you go. In fact, write it down and post it on Facebook today. Post it on social media today. Say this with me. I was dead in sin and my life stunk. See, it feels like I'm just the only one saying this right now. We're going to back it up again. I know I speak north, but you can still say this with me. All right, try it again. Here we go. I was dead in sin and my life stunk. But then Jesus, the resurrection and the life, came and found me, raised me, saved me, restored me, filled me, and released me. Amen? I want you to practice that one more time, all right? Get with one person next to you, and each of you say it. Say it to each other. Take turns. Go. Hurry up. We got to go. Come on. Say it to somebody next to you. Yeah. Yes. Yep. You, you realize how, how you're smiling now? More than any time in this service, you're smiling right now. Because truth sets us free. Free indeed. He's the resurrection and life. If you're in this room and you can't say that, you can. And I want to pray with you today to do that. I want you just to stand up all over this room. We're closing right now. If you're in this room and you say, Pastor Chili, honestly, I can't, I can't read that truthfully right now. There's some death in me. There's some things in my life that really do stink. Uh, things I've allowed, things that I've slipped up on, and I need to get it right. Because I want to say that. I want to walk out of here alive, not dead. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. I believe he is the resurrection and the life. And I am ready for him to be my Savior and my Lord. If that's you today, I just want you to slip a hand up right now and say, that's me. Yep. Who else? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Who else? Yes. Don't worry if somebody's going to be surprised. Yes, yes, yes. Who else? Come on, our eyes are open. We're not ashamed of this. Uh, yes, 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 sir. Anyone else? There's people in Lawrenceburg raising hands. Maybe you're online right now. Just go ahead and raise it even there. Because raising our hands is a sign of surrender. Anyone else? Okay, if you already raised your hand, I just want you to put it right back up for a second. 
because I want to pray with you. All right? Just put it back up if you, if, you, if you raised it and put it down. Keep it up. Okay, people with your eyes open, if there's anyone with a hand up around you, let's partner up with our friends. Partner up with our friends. Partner up. Come on, go, just move to them. Put a hand on their shoulder. And let's all pray this prayer together. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe he died on the cross and rose from the dead. I believe he is the resurrection and the life. And right now I confess that I am a sinner and my path is death. But I choose right now to confess that Jesus is Savior and Lord and to exchange my sin for his grace and forgiveness. Jesus, come into my life and bring life to me. Call me out. Change my past into your future. I trust in you. And from this day forward, I live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, we are the Lazarus generation. We are the Lazarus generation. Let's walk out of here alive today. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want you to text the word alive to 97,000, 97,000, so that we can connect with you this week and partner with you. But we are just praying that you will have an amazing Labor Day weekend or the rest of it. Enjoy your time off, well-deserved R&R. But walk out of here with a testimony. Walk out of here with glory and smiles. God bless you. We'll see you next week for the fall launch. Bring a lot of friends with you next week. God bless you.